Galatians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 20 again. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us as we study this text some more tonight. Lord, I, I don't know that we could ever exhaust the truth that's here. So, Father, help us now as we look at this. And, Lord, I just think it's going to be really encouraging. It's encouraging to me. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you're glorified by what's done in your word and through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to show you what uh, I hadn't noticed it until I studied it for this message. But I want to show you what has become my favorite part of this verse. All right, let's read it again. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, he didn't only die for the Apostle Paul. Do you see how personal that is to the Apostle Paul? That's how personal it is. That's how personal it is to me. So let's, let's break this down. Let's look at who Jesus Christ died for. Let's look at who Jesus Christ died for. Look at uh, 1 Timothy 2.6. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 6. The Bible says, Who gave himself... Let's go back to verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So he died for all. That's a blessing, isn't it? Aren't you glad that he died for everyone? He, that, that's such an important thing. I, I was on the plane, um, one of the flights, I think flying home, and there was a young man. He was flying to Austin, Texas for a wedding, and we started talking. I asked him what church he goes to, and he said, well, I'm an atheist. And I said, Really? And he said, no, I, you know, I don't really preach it because how can you prove there's not a God? But I, I just don't believe. I believe more in evolution. And so I, I started talking with him a little bit about that. And I said, well, so you, you do have religion. It's just your religion is evolution. Is that right? And he said, well, I wouldn't say it that way. And I said, well, it's faith, right? You have faith in evolution because you don't believe that evolution can be proved, do you? And he said, well, yeah. I said, I said well, wh where is the missing link? I said, you understand that Darwinism has been disproven. Most scientists are throwing Darwinism away and trying to come up with some other evolutionary format because Darwin claimed that they would find thousands of transitional forms just in the fossils that, that would be discovered very soon. And I said, They've still, they're still looking for those transitional forms. They don't exist. So what we come down to is what you've heard me say. Uh, I believe in the beginning God. You believe in the beginning dirt. Or even more than that, you believe that in the beginning there was nothing and then it exploded. And so that takes much more faith than it does to believe that God created everything that we see. And so we both have faith. We both have a religion. My religion is just based on God. Your religion is based on nothing. And he said, well, um, I don't know that I can, that I can prove evolution. I said, so you accept it by faith. I said, so, you know, you, you ought to think about the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. He died on the cross for you. And if you pray to him and ask him to reveal himself to you, he will. He will, especially through his word. 
Um, just, just ask him. But, you know, sometimes we have to understand that Jesus Christ died for everybody, even the evolutionist. I've got a book in my office that says God doesn't believe in atheists. Amen? He died for all. He died for all. Look with me at uh, Hebrews 2.9. Hebrews 2.9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He died for everyone. That's, the, every person that you meet, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for their sin. And we need to tell them that. We need to tell them. Look at 1 John 2, 2. And He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He died for everyone. But not only did He die for the whole world, He died for the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Jesus Christ died for the church. He died for this, right here. He died for the New Testament church. That's why it's so important that we be a part of it. And that's what Ephesians is all about. It's how we function within a New Testament church. He died for this. So He died for everybody. He died for the institution of the church. But then... Look with me at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I like the way it's worded here. In verse 32. Let's look at verse 31 just because it's a great verse. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Isn't that a great verse? He that spared not his own son but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? But look at what it says He died for. He died for us all. And that's what we're going to be looking at now. Uh, these verses that we're going to be looking at, the Bible says He died for us. He died for us. You know, one of the things that God created in us is a desire to belong. A desire to belong. And you know what's interesting uh, I'll bet you not very many people in this room were the cool kids at school. You know, because how many kids were really the cool kids? Not very, I know I wasn't one of them. And, and, you know, what's funny is those cool kids, the other thing that's interesting is the cool kids rarely accomplish anything. Isn't that right? I think for several reasons. Number one, it's because it's the geeks that you usually end up working for. Isn't it true? I love that. Yeah, I'm a geek, but I'm going to be your boss someday. You'll be working for me someday. I love that. I think that uh, all the geeks in school ought to wear those. Um, some of you young people might not, might not have heard this. I was like 19. I'd just gotten done playing basketball. I was driving home. This group full of, this car full of girls pulled up next to me. said, roll down your window. So, I, you know, I'm driving along. Hey, all right. Rolled down my window. Button. Pushed it. Looked over. Girl hangs her head out and says, You're a geek! <laughs> you know, what do you do? No, I'm not! <laughs> you know, what, what are you going to say? So I went home and shot myself. But, you know, not very many people were the cool people. Isn't that right? And now, if you are one of the cool people, God loves you too, just not as much. Um, 
And what happens is, I think that's one of the things that's so great about the church. It's where we find belonging. It's where we, it's where we fit. And Jesus Christ died for us. He died for the New Testament church. And the New Testament church is made up of people who trust in Him. And Jesus loves you individually so much He died for you. Let's, let's track that down a little bit. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. See, Jesus Christ died for everybody. That means everybody needed a Savior. Amen? Let's look at the next verse, verse 15. And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. So the fact that Jesus Christ died for us, that means that we ought to live for Him. Amen? So not only do the, is the church where we find belonging, the church is where we find purpose. But as we learn more about God, like the guys said, what was the theme? Exalting Him? Or what was it called? Acknowledging Him. In all that ways, acknowledge Him. So as we acknowledge Him, once you understand who He is, of course, we'll never completely understand it. But the more you understand who He is, the more you acknowledge who He is, the more you understand, I, I've got to live for Him. I have to. Because He died for all, that means that all needed a Savior. And then we do have a purpose, and that is because He died for us, that we live for Him. Look with me at Galatians 3.13. We looked at this verse this morning. Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed who? Us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for who? Us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus Christ was made a curse for us. So here's who we are. We are people, first of all, that, that needed a Savior. And we are people for whom He died. And He died for the church. He wants us to be a part of that church. And so now we're free. But there's something that we have to remember. We're not good. So when we look around, you can't look down your nose at somebody that maybe hasn't come as far along in the faith as you. You can't look down your nose at that person because we're all people for whom Christ died. He died for all of us because it was necessary for all of us. And that's where we have genuine love in a church like this. If Jesus Christ loved you enough to die for you, then I ought to love you too. If I'm going to love Jesus Christ, then I have to love you. This ought to be the most loving place in the world. It's just wonderful that this is a place that because Jesus Christ loved us, He saved us, He gathered us into a body, He's called us to serve Him. We find our place, we find our purpose because He died for us. That's a pretty cool club to belong to. Amen? He died for us. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.10. 1 Thessalonians 5.10. Who died, what's it say? For us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. And this is something that's really important. You might want to mark that with Him. Because whether I am alive or whether I die, I am with him. 
that's a pretty cool club to belong to. You know, this is where in Jesus Christ we have purpose, we have belonging, we have forgiveness, we have worth. It all comes to us through what Jesus Christ did. I'm so thankful that He loved me enough to die on the cross for me. Go back to Galatians. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. It's chapter 2, verse 20. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So first thing that we got to see in this verse is that Christ lives in me. Now we understand that where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. We understand that Jesus Christ, if you're in a faithful church that preaches the gospel, that Jesus Christ is there with us. Is that right? Y'all agree with that? And we understand that Jesus Christ is in believers. We understand that. But do you understand that Jesus Christ is in you? He's in you. How empowering is that? To live the Christian life, to serve Him, to live for the Lord, because He is in you. He lives in me. That's how personal it was to Paul. Then look at the next thing. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Bob, I always think of you when I think of this. You loved that uh, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And you know that Jesus Christ on the cross, he was thinking of you. He died for you personally and individually. And he knew that he was paying your price. That's an amazing thing. And if you were the only person in the world, Jesus Christ would have gone to the cross for you. Why? Because He loves you. He loves you. He loves you right now. That is such a significant thing. And it doesn't matter what you've done. That's the thing. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you less. He just loves you. Uh, can you imagine if, if, if we put a movie up here right now? And showed what you've done in the past 10 years. Everybody. If we could show what happened in your mind, in your thought life. Can you imagine? How many of you would rather we didn't do that? Would you raise your hand? Yeah. See, but Jesus Christ knows every bit of that. And He loves you. He loves you enough to where if it was necessary, He would die for you again. Aren't you glad it's not necessary, though? He only had to die one time. And look at what it says. Who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're not saved tonight, if you've never trusted Christ alone for your eternal life, I hope you understand that he died for you. He did it for you. And then those of us who are saved, how about we just revel in that for a little while. How about this week? You just walk around thinking, hey, he died for me. He did this for me. Have you ever had somebody do something really nice for you? Just really nice for you. And, and, it, and it really meant a lot to you. 
you know, the, the, the pastor this week, I told him, I asked him where the uh, Hall of Fame was, Baseball Hall of Fame. He said, have you ever been there? I said, no, I've always wanted to go. And so he arranged that. He paid for it, paid for the gas, took me there. That, that was a really nice thing for him to do for me, wasn't it? That was a nice thing for him to do for me. And, and that's the way that I felt about it. This is, I mean, he's tired. He's got plenty to do, and he's doing this for me. What did Jesus Christ do for you? He died. God the Son took sin on his body for me. You got to remember, Jesus did more for you than anyone else ever would or could do for you. Have you ever said this? Well, I owe it to them to do this. Have you ever said that? What do you owe Jesus? And it's not obligation. Someone just said everything. Yeah, that's right. But it's not obligation because he didn't expect anything in return other than you to love him. And our love, the love of God, constrains us to serve him. We serve him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. What an amazing thing. The only reason that we can even love is because he loved us first. The reason that we can forgive is because he forgave us first. So how about this? This week, let's have this thought for this week. He gave himself for me. That's... How many of you would say, well, I don't think I'm worth that. Seriously. He thought you were. He thought you were. And he still does. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. We don't deserve it.